Hey, it's Avishak, and you're listening to the Stop Being Confused About Health podcast, where our goal is to discover the deepest truths about health, bust myths, connect to nature, and figure out what kind of ice cream we're allowed to eat. So I hope your curiosity is as strong as my sweet tooth, because there are a ton of questions to be asking. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. As some of you know, I used to go to medical school, but not just any kind of medical school, naturopathic medical school, which is all about treating the root cause of disease, getting to the bottom, and not treating things symptomatically. So my guest today is a licensed naturopathic physician by the name of Dr. Benjamin Alter, who specializes in holistic lifestyle medicine. Not only that, Dr. Benjamin Alter is, uh, preserves the concept of vitalism in medicine, which is a concept that the modern medical profession has largely uh, left behind, but the old school naturopaths believed in this concept, and so did doctors who practiced Ayurveda in the past, as well as uh, traditional Chinese medicine doctors. In addition, Dr. Benjamin Alter believes that the body has its own ability to heal, and he strives to ensure that his own patients foster this ability. And he tries to take a minimalist approach to medicine, giving the body exactly what is needed to heal. So without further ado, let's welcome Dr. Benjamin Alter to the show. Thanks for being here. Hey, thanks a lot, Avishak. Really appreciate being on the other side of an interview. I've got my own podcast going now for a couple months, so it's cool to be on the other side. And really appreciate what you're putting out and um, kind of your mission to cut through all the crap and stop being confused. And, uh, you know, I always say that being healthy isn't rocket science. It's, uh, it's a lot simpler than like, you know, flying a spaceship to the moon or something. And uh, yet we like to, in our society, we like to overly uh, complicate things and just we don't necessarily always seek the most direct straightforward route we like to make things confusing because it makes us feel like yeah we're smart we can figure this stuff out but when it comes down to it things aren't that confusing right yeah thanks for reminding me that i that's exactly i guess something i resonate with with your approach and the naturopathic model which is like back in the day there were these basic things that worked and helped people heal and a lot of MDs now, I think, are catching up to this idea of lifestyle medicine and sleeping more and stuff like that. A lot of the basics that people knew about. So that's great. Thank you. Um, as you said, you have a podcast yourself. It's called Alter Health, correct? Oh, it's called Alter Your Health. Alter, alter Your Health. Awesome. Alter Your Health. You know, my last name is Alter and Alter right. Your Health is like, you know, the mission. Yeah, um, it works out pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. So... Uh, Similarly to yours, just kind of interviewing people who have uh, specialties in the field of holistic medicine, and really the intention is to kind of the, kind of paint this picture of holistic health, like what it really means to be healthy, you know, beyond just eating the right foods and taking the supplements and um, exercising and that, those kind of things. Like, what does it really mean to be like vibrantly healthy in our world today? That's a great place to start. Yeah. What is what does it mean to be healthy to you? Well, what I've kind of come to know 
personally and you know by having conversations with a lot of people is that it's a lot more than just eating healthy and exercising and just kind of doing these physical practices to preserve our physical health you know um one one doc put it in a way that i really resonated with which is you know being healthy is really um living into our full potential in this life and what that means is obviously beyond like how we are how we are feeling physically but like what are we doing with our life like how are we expressing ourselves in the world and of course we need to be totally you know put together physically every all the organs need to be working you know our brain has to be working our digestive system has to be working but then what you know what do we do with our fully functioning body how can we express ourselves optimally whether it's you know through arts and you know creativity or whether it's professionally through study and um, mastering a skill or whether it's through service you know there's there's all these different aspects and being healthy physically in a body is just the start so i like to kind of obviously get everyone there and then i like to take it to the next level like how can we vibrate and express into the world in a way that's in line and aligned with our values and purpose. I'm on board with that 100%. I think it's because I believe that we all have these unique aspects of us and therefore being healthy is about expressing this nature of our soul throughout our daily lives. So in your practice, how do you try to implement this? Because I know most doctors, they have to, you know, to do the blood tests, do the vitals and all that stuff. How do you make time for this kind of approach? Well, quite simply, I, I keep it simple. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't waste too much time. I do, you know, I do put, a, put some value on blood tests and a lot of these, you know, higher level functional diagnostic tests that are available today you know, they do have value and they do provide data. But ultimately, I like to just start with the basics. You know, like we're talking about, what are you eating? What are you breathing? What are you drinking? What are you thinking? How are you relating with yourself and with your family and friends and community? And if that is not totally, fully strong and stable, then doing anything, in my opinion, is kind of a band-aid it's kind of a waste of time and it's kind of not going to provide sustainable results. A lot of naturopathic doctors and, you know, holistic practitioners in whatever way, um, you know, see symptoms and they provide supplements to kind of ease the symptoms and, you know, treat, treat symptoms with supplements or, you know, natural or pharmaceutical medications. Um, but yeah, like you, like you said in the introduction to me, it's really like, resolving the symptom at the core root and oftentimes what that means is transforming food um transforming uh, you know these basic foundations of lifestyle um and also you know sometimes the root of symptoms and the root of disease is not in the physical body sometimes issues and diseases are manifested from the spiritual kind of mental emotional and spiritual dimensions presenting into physical form. So sometimes we're trying to treat these 
uh, physical symptoms on the physical plane, but the cause of the symptoms is not in the physical plane. And it's really hard to kind of wrap our minds around that concept that this that we are multi-dimensional beings with um, you know everyone walks into the doctor's office in a physical body with physical symptoms but the that's just oftentimes the tip of the iceberg and what we're not seeing is the root of the issue line and the mental emotional kind of spiritual dimensions which are largely invisible I, I agree. I commend that approach because I think it's really hard to say, okay, I'm not going to do this, even though this is what I maybe may have been taught. This is what I'm supposed to do. I'm going to go deeper than that. And the medical profession doesn't really incentivize that a whole lot. So it's cool to see uh, people like you uh, doing that. So you take patients uh, both online and in person, right? Are you able, do you do this kind of spiritual stuff with online patients as well? The, the practice that I've created is just for the time being only online. I'm not, I don't have a physical space where I see, see patients. Um, yeah, so just online via, you know, teleconference, video conference sort of stuff. And and yeah, it's interesting. You know, I thought for a little bit that that would provide a barrier for a deep connection, a deep and intimate connection. And maybe it does for some people. But at the same time, a lot of people feel, you know, oddly enough, they feel very comfortable sitting in front of a computer screen <laughs> in our world today. And um, from the comfort of their own home, you know, they're able to kind of open up in, in ways that you know, maybe maybe it would actually take more time if they were, you know, in this, you know, clinical setting. So keeping it, you know, keeping it online actually allows for greater, great levels of intimacy and vulnerability. And also, of course, it allows me to directly connect with people regardless of where they are in the world. So that's that's where the focus of my attention and energy is, is just maintaining the the online clinical presence. I think online is great. I mean, even these kinds of interviews, it feels very much like a real conversation to me. So it's really I, I can. Yeah. yeah. And especially with energy work, I've read that some people can even just look at a picture and get a sense of like where the energy blockages are. So yeah. with um, what is there any specific kind of energy work that you do with your patients? Um, you know, I'm, I am familiar with energy medicine, of course, and energy work, and I wouldn't call myself any sort of energy healer or anything like that. Um, I don't, th not that I think it's woo-woo or, or anything like that. It's just, um, it's just not me. Um, what I, I would say what I do is um, kind of just allow my intuition to guide me. Like, like I was saying, some people come in with you know, chronic headaches, and I, you know, do a full intake, and I get, you know, I get a understanding of what they're eating, what how they're living, and all these kind of things, and I'll just have a clear knowing that their headaches has nothing to do with their food, or their living environment, or anything on the physical plane, and I'll just invite them to, to maybe consider that the root cause of their headache is a mental or emotional issue and just allow that question to kind of allow them to say what that question and like if the 
if the root cause of your headache was beyond the physical plane, what, what, what might that be? And just kind of meditate on that question for a minute. And most often, most of the time, most of the time people have pretty profound and direct insights and it doesn't take, you know, it doesn't take a lot of time because we all are, I always say we are all our own healers. We all have all of the information that we ever need. And sometimes we just create these blockages, um, whether they're blockages in the mental, you know, in the mental world and just these subconscious uh, thinking patterns and that sort of thing. So I like to just support people in in connecting with uh, you know their their highest self that has this that has all of the healing wisdom that their their body and uh, all aspects of their body could ever need. This seems to be a really difficult thing for people to do, and I believe the same exact thing that when you bring your awareness within, when you're given that permission to realize that okay, you can actually figure out a lot of answers you start to see a new type of reality. So what would you say are some of the common blockages to uh, this kind of realization, to this intuitive uh, self-healing process? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, I think one, one thing that is definitely an obstacle is what I call secondary gains or some people also call them competing intentions. Um, you know, so when someone is sick, say someone's chronically ill with, you know, chronic fatigue or something, you know, on some level, there is some benefit that that individual is receiving from perpetuating that state of illness or disease. And oftentimes it's really, you know, quite simple and straightforward. When, when someone has chronic fatigue, what that means is that they need to rest and they are given a great excuse to rest and to sleep a lot and to like, quote unquote, be lazy. Um, and sometimes people have a really hard time with that. You know, sometimes people hold judgments around what it means to be, quote unquote, lazy, to be tired. Um, but, but, but if we can kind of tune into what these secondary gains or competing intentions are, um, we can kind of unlock and at least loosen some of this, some of these psychic blockages that can just kind of be relieved and, um, moved. Um, and just the simple act of bringing awareness and attention to these issues and, and, um, competing intentions or patterns can be enough to just let them go. And, and um, just as our mental health is kind of dependent in any moment based on the quality of our thoughts and our thinking, I think to a large degree, our physical health is also um, dependent on moment to moment thinking. And just shifting these thought patterns around how we're kind of holding things in our bodies and in our consciousness, we can, we can bring a great degree of empowerment to choosing another way of uh, expressing our health. So by competing interests, it sounds like I can kind of relate to that. It's like 
you're starting to experience fatigue, but you have this competing interest or priority or obligation telling you that you have to do this. So you're in this mode of doing and doing and doing. That's something that I've seen with uh, exercising too much or dieting too much. There's a lot of people who are in this go, go, go mode. Mm -hmm. So is that kind of what you meant by competing interest is just like, we're not, our bodies aren't fully on board with what our current uh, lifestyle choices and maybe obligations are? Well, I don't know. Let me, let me try to explain it again. So competing intentions um, to me is on, on one level, we, see, we clearly want to be healthy, right? We clearly want to get rid of our chronic fatigue. We clearly, clearly want like a vibrant life. But there is some subconscious part of us that actually doesn't really want that. There's sub, some, sub, some subconscious part of us that is actually really receiving a great benefit from, being, from experiencing chronic fatigue or from whatever disease. You know, because, you know, when we are, you know, using the chronic fatigue example, when we do experience a great deal of fatigue, it forces us to sleep. It forces us to relax. And, you know, it forces us to kind of take care of ourselves to some, to some degree, at least. And um, a lot of people have a really hard time wrapping their mind around some aspect of themselves actually holding on to this disease. But when people do connect with that as a possibility, it kind of, some things kind of click and switch that allows this uh, kind of loosening and restructuring of our psychosomatic kind of mind-body connection that allows things to just kind of, <laughs> just kind of separate enough you know, there's a, enough awareness, there's enough space, there's enough kind of, um, yeah, I don't, you know, awareness is what I would say that just allows things to be lifted. Yeah, I see what you're saying. So how do you think, what kind of problems do you think um, your approach addresses that, I guess, the modern medical approach and even holistic doctors who just treat symptomatically, what uh, what's missing from that model, and how are you trying to fix it? Well, like I said, I I like to treat the cause of the dis disease, and sometimes the cause is purely physical, right? Sometimes um, because whacked, right? Some sometimes. You know, there's just these clear examples of physical disease caused from physical patterns that cause physical imbalances, right? Um, and the modern medical system and the functional medicine community and naturopathic medicine world, they're pretty good at, you know, honing in on these root causes of physical illness. But like I said, I think that a lot of disease in our world today it has a large part that is not purely physical based. And um, so I think that it's really, I mean, I can't blame, I'm not pointing fingers or trying to blame any aspect of the medical community. I think it's really impossible in it. And it's actually, um, yeah, it's impossible for the medical community to intervene and provide the support um, necessary, I think, 
because when it comes down to it, it's each individual's own responsibility. You know, each individual that is experiencing disease in the mind, in the mind and emotion and spiritual realm, they are responsible. They are they are responsible for kind of, you know, working through that. They can't. They can only receive so much mental, emotional. I think I lost you for a second. I agree with uh, Dr. Alter on this, by the way. It, it's so much easier for people to want a physical solution to treat things. And being in the space of sharing content online, what I see being most resonant with people is the simple kind of quick fix type stuff, even if it's natural. So there's a lot of natural treatments that are marketed to us, uh, whether it's diets or supplements. And they don't always uh, treat the root cause of our issues. And like Dr. Alter said, treating the root cause of a problem is very difficult, if not impossible, for the medical profession because it's largely been designed to just treat symptoms and track all those things on electronic medical health records. So it can be really hard to flip that over and say, okay, you have some kind of problem that's the, the fix to your problem is more abstract. It's something that a lot of people don't want to hear. So what I was going to ask Dr. Alter is, you know, how do you, is, you know, how do you deal with the fact that most people would rather take a quick fix? How do you deal with the fact that most people probably don't want to know that they are in charge of their health. So this is something that I uh, I would recommend everyone watching this think about as well. How can you take charge of your health through your energetic patterns, your mental patterns? Because illness it isn't just physical. It can come from some kind of emotional um, emotional cause. So I remember in college, this one book I was reading. It was just called psychoneuroimmunology or something like that. But it was about how the brain, as well as psychology, how your emotions and thoughts can influence your immune system and your health. And what we know is that meditation can, uh, oh, you're back. Great. Meditation can, <laughs> I didn't even realize I was just talking to myself. Uh, meditation can lower inflammation and do all these amazing things. And it's, I would, a lot of people would argue kind of like a psychological as well as a physical thing. So I guess my question for you, uh, Dr. Alter is, so how do you deal with the fact that most of the world seems to want um, a quick fix? I know you said we should take charge for our own health. So yeah. how would you, what's the process of getting someone to realize that? Or do you just, is a, is a solution just to work with people who already uh, are awake to this idea that that's a really great question and i'd love to share where i'm at with that you know that's that's where i'm kind of personally working right now is quote unquote, i really hate this that this phrase this phraseology but like meeting people where they're at you know because i don't to be straight up with you abhishek i don't like where people are at and I don't want to meet people where they're at. I want to like hold on to them, yank them to where I'm at. Um, but that doesn't work that well. You know, that doesn't work that well. P 
people kind of get people get turned off by people who are um what's you know kind of like evangelical in their beliefs and want to just convince everyone to do it my way so i so i'm not so i'm not that kind of person to yank people and pull people despite my desires to at times um what i do believe is that you know th what i'm what we're talking about is really clear in my consciousness and it's really clear in my being and i'm so connected to it as my kind of mission in this world um so i kind of just stay focused and true to myself and just walk my walk and talk my talk and allow people to you know come and experience it as they're as they're willing and as they're able and at the same time you know the fact of the matter is you know throughout the medical school program at uh, national university um we we receive so so much um so many physical tools to support people in their physical health and if someone wants to just stay on the physical plane gosh i'm i can i can stay on the physical plane with with those people you know forever um but like i said it's it's really my kind of passion and i have a great deal of enthusiasm when it comes to like these more multi-dimensional aspects of of the healing process but if someone wants to stay physical just uh pop some supplements and feel good um on that level then sure let's do it you know but um yeah i don't know if that speaks to it but i i do i do um you know there are a lot of people who do want the the quick fix so a lot of the times it's a matter of educating people that you know there's there's like two routes if when we're talking about like the physical aspect of healing there's like the quick fix there's like the you know the symptom management and we can you know we can you know moderate how you're feeling or we can actually transform how you're feeling altogether so that it's a non-issue and we can you know do the quick fix and uh, you know naturopathic doctors are as good as the rest of them at quick fixes um for the most part but um we're also pretty good at transforming health altogether so that the issues become non-issues um so i kind of you know put the put the responsibility back back with each individual and um allow them to choose their destiny and not like yank them in one way or another but um you know back to that phraseology that I can't really stand, you know, just meeting people where they're at. Yeah. Right. That sounds like a sensible approach. Um, how do you incorporate vitalism into all this? That's something I want to talk about a little bit because it's kind of a <clears throat> fringe topic. I, I don't hear it. It's not super popular, even though so many people are into holistic medicine. I don't think a lot of people realize what vitalism is. So do you have any thoughts on, on vitalism? sure so to me you know when i when i first came across the phrase or the word vitalism i thought that it must be something really woo woo you know um and to me what i've come to know is that vitalism all vitalism really means to me is that the body heals itself like you said in the introduction and that's there's absolutely nothing woo woo about that i mean we can witness that every single moment of every day you know i 
I burnt myself pretty bad a few weeks ago on my arm and maybe you can see the scar, but, um, but, um, my, my burn healed like pretty much completely within a week and a half or so it was like raw flesh. So that this is vitalism, you know, this is the body's innate self-healing capacity and that, you know, it doesn't have to get much more woo-woo than that, you know. It's it's just the fact that our we are regenerating, you know. Every what is it? Every month we have like a completely new liver, you know. Every six weeks, every single or like I think it's three months, every single cell in our body is completely renewed. Um, that renewal process and the and the force that feeds that is vitalism to me. So. When I'm when so when you were asking about vitalism in medicine, it's really just creating the optimal environment inside and outside of the body so that that vital force can be moving through us and you know our self regenerative capacities can be optimized so that we stay you know this there's this whole like anti aging kind of medicine and to me that's kind of like optimizing optimizing the body so that we stay kind of youthful throughout our lives um and preserving that vital force okay that's that's cool um yeah less woo woo i think the woo woo side more has more to do with that there's this force <laughs> inside of us this electric force but uh let's not get well, into that now yeah um, i mean it also is an electric force right i mean we can measure that <laughs> oh we can how yeah. how uh because i've read about that in the book uh the body electric um how how can we measure this force well like an electrocardiogram measures electricity in the body you know electroencephalogram in the brain measures brain brainwave electricity um you know we can you can you can artificially right if you you know the frog leg that's like a dead frog leg you can put electricity in the body like animate a dead piece of flesh, you know, by just putting electric, but we've got that electricity. And um, yeah. Yeah, that's, that is really cool. <laughs> so when it comes to regenerating ourselves, you said, you know, maintaining an optimal internal environment is really important. So what are some of your strategies for maintaining this internal environment? Like what does All that right. mean? So we got there at last. We got to the internal environment, which is, you know, I'm I'm all I'm all about the I'm all about kind of the mental, emotional, spiritual stuff, but I'm also all about the physical stuff. And to me, when it when we're talking about physical health and maintaining the optimal physical environment, we're talking about fruits and vegetables. Um, you know, I I know that there's a big big like noisy movement out there in the world for like this kind of meat-based paleo-based carnivorous-based kind of way of living and you know there's and there's so many arguments why that should be or shouldn't be um but when it comes down to it for me not not focusing on meat as being bad or good but just focusing on the healing properties of fruits and vegetables so not necessarily like cutting things out altogether, but just getting an abundance of fresh fruits and vegetables in the diet. And um, I, I really resonate um, with the work of 
Dr. Furman, who he, he coined the term nutritarian, which I really appreciate. And he says that, um, you know, essentially each, each meal is an opportunity to get as much nutrients in the body, you know, so he's got this equation that, you know, um, your, your health equals your nutrients over your calories. So, so you want as many nutrients per calorie as possible. So yeah, once again, what that means to me is lots and lots of fruits and vegetables, um, you know, and other sorts of fats and proteins. Um, they, they're calorie, they're calorically dense, but a lot, a lot of the times they're deficient in the nutrients that promote the healing environment in the body. So if the equation nutrients over calories is really important, why wouldn't we eat foods like say, you know, seafood has a lot of nutrients like oysters or uh, beef liver or others, you know, some animal foods have uh, nutrients that I guess yeah. you can't get from plant foods. So why would you, I mean, you just, you just said add more fruits and vegetables. You didn't say go vegan, but why would you not include some of these uh, nutrient-dense foods in there? Well, um, so nutrient-dense foods like beef liver and oysters. Yeah, beef liver, oysters. I mean, even an egg yolk has a lot of uh, choline, vitamin A, sometimes vitamin D. Um, so I guess if you look at the nutrient-per-calorie breakdown, I, I think there's a few animal foods that would be quite high like oysters for sure and liver because yeah. I can't eat a lot of liver uh, because I just get full and I feel full in a different way like I don't feel stomach full I feel more mentally like energized and full so yeah yeah what are your thoughts on that so yeah I think that if we were to incorporate animal you know I I am a fully plant-based guy but if I if um Based on that kind of philosophy, if you were going to eat animal products, it would be things like small amounts of beef liver, small amounts of egg yolks, um, sm small amounts of oysters, things like that. The issue today, which is becoming more and more of uh, an issue, is the quality of these products, um, especially things like beef liver. You know, a grass-fed beef liver in maybe like a hundred years ago or a couple hundred years ago, that was probably an awesome source of nutrition. And today, while it still contains many of the same nutrients, what it also contains a lot of the time is the toxins that are ubiquitous in our world. And if you think about, I mean, if you think about what the liver does all day, every day for the waking, for you know, every waking moment of life, is filtering toxins through the liver and even a pristine beef grass-fed grazing the you know the countryside is exposed to large amounts of toxins from the air the water the soil the grass that it's eating so those toxins ultimately get kind of filtered into the liver and when we eat those it's, you know, I, I see it as a great risk for from an environmental medicine perspective. Okay, that's interesting. I guess that's, that's a big source of confusion I've had is, does the liver, because I thought the liver secreted enzymes that helped us detoxify stuff, but it was unclear to me if the liver actually stores toxins. So 
does the liver actually like store these toxins? I thought it just helped us remove them. Well, ideally it does just help us remove them. But in our world today, as, as we're exposed to more and more toxins and more and more varieties of toxins, um, the liver gets overwhelmed. So yeah, like a hundred, hundreds years, hundreds of years ago, um, beef liver was probably relatively pure in its, uh, with, in terms of its toxic load. But if you look at, you know, humans today, you can see cases of fatty liver disease, which is essentially a toxic liver. You can see cases of fatty liver disease in individuals who don't have a high fat diet, who don't um, drink alcohol, who don't have, um, who don't drink, you know, high fructose corn syrup. Um, you know, fatty liver disease is an epidemic in our world. And, uh, and I think that, you know, I don't know, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not huge, I'm not scanning the literature all day long, but, um, so I don't know any, no, no studies are coming to the top of my mind at the moment, but I presume that one of the main reasons why fatty liver disease is epidemic today is because of the environmental um, stress that we're all under. There's definitely a study showing that toxin exposure can cause all kinds of diseases like diabetes. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's interesting because I never heard that toxins could cause fatty liver, but I mean, it certainly is possible. So I guess, you know, if a beef, I'll have to do more research on beef liver and toxins, but I'd assume if, you know, the beef liver doesn't, I'd hope that if the beef liver doesn't have, isn't a fatty liver <laughs> with actual disease, um, it would still be good to eat. But that's a good point because humans are, we also have toxins in our adipose tissue. So minimizing yeah. your toxic load would be a smart idea for health. So yeah. And, and the one, one of the things that I always try to point out is like, okay, in the perfect world, like, um, you know, a little bit of, a little bit of beef liver, egg yolks, and, you know, these kind of things, like, okay, they're probably, they, they might not be harmful in a perfect world. But I think that still you, you asked a question earlier today, or earlier in this conversation that um, some of these nutrients aren't avail available in plant foods. And um, that is something that I don't necessarily see as being the truth. Um, I think that a lot of people think that some, some, you know, some nutrients are more bioavailable in animal foods and that sort of thing, which, you know, may be true to some degree. But the fact of the matter is that I don't believe we need animal products in any, in any amount to be healthy. Um, and I think there's plenty of evidence to kind of show that people can be vibrant and healthy for the extent of their life without animal products. Um, that being said, to me, once again, it's just, uh, it's just in our world today, it just becomes more and more of like this environmental risk to some degree. Um, so, and back to that, that, you know, that equation of calories or of, uh, nutrients over calories. I think that it's always, you know, personally, I think that it's always safest to get the nutrients with, from plant foods, which are also low calorie. So it really um, provides for the optimal equation based on Dr. Joel Furman. So, so yeah.
Yeah, no, it's an interesting idea. I used to believe in it myself, but I guess, <laughs> you know, that you can also, you can't really survive just eating supplements, but there is a video I'm working on, <clears throat> on Eamon Ra. He's this vegan doctor guy. I don't think he's a practicing doctor, but he promotes this idea of eating, you know, like 12 to 1300 calories a day. One meal a day. Yeah, one meal a day and he supplements with all these uh, nutraceuticals. So um, yeah, it could be possible. I mean, even yeah. though I personally feel better eating meat, I have been somewhat experimenting with eating less meat here and there and seeing how it makes me feel. So I think it could be possible um, if you do it right. Mm -hmm. um, so now as far as what are some of the other, uh, I guess, naturopathic ideas that you think are really important? naturopathic ideas that i think are really important um like what are some of the older ideas on naturopathic medicine because if we go back to the vitalistic roots they talked about barefoot walking and stuff sure what are yeah. some of the universal uh, strategies you think that could probably benefit a lot of people today for sure i think you just went right to it i think uh barefoot not necessarily like we need to all be running around barefoot all the time but I think barefoot to me represents connecting with nature, which we are, I mean, just look at our species. We are disconnecting ourselves, you know, further and further as time goes on. And certainly there's a lot of people who are seeking that connection with nature again. And I think that we don't, we don't need to, you know, live off the grid and like totally, you know, be walking around barefoot all day, every day, but geez, at least like stand outside like once a week, just, you know, at the very least, just like put your feet on the ground once a week and just look up at the sky and just feel your place on this planet. Um, I think that that in and of itself is a powerful practice that we can all do as often as possible. Um, especially as we kind of, um, you know, separate ourselves from, from the physical, natural world more and more through building tall buildings and, you know, apps and iPhones and technology and all these kind of things. So, yeah, just kind of keeping it simple. And um, the other thing that is a lost art in my, in my opinion and in my experience is, you know, using things like hydrotherapy, you know, using water as a way to um, not only treat um, specific conditions, but just generally vitalize the body. Um, you know, doing a cold shower every day is a fantastic way to promote blood flow in the body. And we always say that blood, where blood flows, energy goes, and where, where energy goes, healing happens. So if you want to like just regenerate your body on a you know optimally and kind of this back to that kind of notion of anti-aging medicine which is a hot topic you know it's all about maintaining blood flow so hydrotherapy and of course moving the body like physically go for a freaking walk you know um park your park, when you drive to the mall or whatever park at the you know the opposite side of the parking lot and walk through the walk through the parking lot you know get your lymphatic system moving. Um, these kind of things just stimulate blood flow, you know, in, in simple terms, but 
it goes obviously far beyond the simple blood flow to promote health on every level, really. That's a very overarching concept. So I really like that. Are there yeah. any uh, final words you have for everyone watching? Well, I think that's probably a good place to end end on is just uh, I, I definitely encourage, always encourage people to keep it simple. Um, stop shopping for supplements and stop like hunting for a pill and start connecting with yourself, connecting with nature, take a cold shower, um, uh, look up at the sky, eat lots of fruits and vegetables, enjoy time with yourself, enjoy time with loved ones. I think these kind of simple acts will take the vast majority of the population very far in their healing journey. And when obstacles and hiccups come, remember that you, me, all of us, we all have everything that we need within us to get over that obstacle. And sometimes receiving outer support from a loved one, a friend, or a medical professional, um, a naturopathic doctor, you know, someone who's skilled in, in these kind of things can be a valuable asset. So don't be afraid to reach out for support as well. Start connecting to yourself. I really like that. Well, thanks for being on the show, Dr. Benjamin Alter. We will have all of uh, your links and so on and so forth available in the show notes. So uh, I will talk to you guys next time. Thanks again. Peace. Peace and love.